Welcome to the Blaze and Bush Podcast. I'm Jeff Bush, and along with my co-host Jim Blaze, we are here to share with you authentic stories of God's extraordinary revelation in ordinary lives. Our hope is that like Moses in the burning bush in Exodus 3, you may encounter the Lord through these humble experiences. Welcome back. Today, Jim shares an encounter he had with God in prayer while wrestling with his mother's failing health. This is an experience that I believe will touch many of you as we hear how he learned to trust God's will, even when God allows difficulties into our lives. Jim talks about letting go and finding joy as he recognizes that Jesus has indeed transformed the curse of death into a blessing. Let's listen in. So, Jim, tell me about your experience in prayer. Well, I have to give you the context. Basically, um, this was probably eight years ago. Um, my mother had been diagnosed with uh, with cancer, and it was becoming more aggressive. the uh, The situation was looking uh, less hopeful for her, and I have to uh, I have to share first uh, just. I'm sure many people feel this way about their own mothers. Just what a great uh, influence she was. What a tremendous person. What a great witness of the love of God. Um, She was an amazing, uh, just welcoming person. She loved to host people. She loved being with people. It just made her come alive. And uh, she was really a witness of being that... uh, showing that hospitality toward everyone that you encounter. And so whenever we would have, it might be just like five minutes before we're going to eat dinner and someone would stop by just to say hello at our house. Cause they, everyone knew that that was an option and she would just welcome them in and we'd grab something. We had a, uh, an entire chest freezer in our basement that was just packed with meat and she would have baked goods. She would have all sorts of stuff. And she would just pull out more food just to be able to welcome whoever happened to show up at our door. It could be 20 people. It could be an entire parish of families. And she would just have them in. Anyway, so she was diagnosed uh, with cancer. And this was a very difficult time. My dad had already passed away four years earlier. And um, I was really wrestling with this. I have to admit I was really struggling. I was I was depressed. I was angry. And I knew that God could do something about it. At this time, I was working at a parish um, as the director of faith formation. And one of the benefits, one of the real blessings is that we had a chapel, uh, an adoration chapel, where you could go and just be in the presence of the Lord and have quiet time to pray. And so I was... I was doing that. I was spending time. And I remember specifically, I asked God, I simply said, Lord, like, I'm not ready uh, for mom to be taken. And um, if you could, you know, I was trying to bargain with God. And I told him, if you could miraculously heal her, just think of all the people who could hear about this and be converted and really come to know you. I remember just coming up with all these ways where my will should be God's will. And, uh, 
and just trying to implore him. And it was honest. It was sincere. I think uh, certainly God recognized that. And I heard in the quiet my, of my heart. And I can't say that this has happened to me a lot of times. It's happened on a couple of occasions. But I heard a voice um, and, and God sent, said to me, well, when? It was really just one word where God just said, when? And I understood it immediately. There, it's hard to describe because there are um, a lot of things that kind of click in place when you hear God or when I heard God. It just, a lot of things suddenly made sense. And I realized that God was asking me, well, when would you like your mother to die? And it's, it's a hard question. It's really difficult. And I realized immediately that really never is a good time. There is never a time when I wanted to be separated from my mom, uh, that really I wanted to be with her eternally. And in that moment, I also realized that really what I was at the longing, the longing of my heart, the deepest part of who I am was that I wanted eternity. I wanted to be, to experience and be with my mother in the life to come, but to have it right now. And I was trying to hold on to something that was um, not for this world, something that God has promised us, but uh, that we have to, that we will experience in the age to come. And I wanted it in this age, in a fallen body, really, because my mom was, uh, she was in pain. She was, it was a difficult time for her. It was really not. Uh, ideal circumstances, um, you know, just physically. The the truth is, I wanted heaven. And that realization just helped me recognize uh, that what I was trying to cling to is what God wanted for me as well. And that's a, uh, it's a, it's a powerful revelation. It's a powerful, or powerful to me anyway, was the uh, just this innate desire to be with God, who is the source of all that is good. Everything that I loved about my mom, everything that I still love about my mom, is really her reflection of the goodness of God. She was an amazing light of charity, but it was really God's charity that was alive in her. And she would have said so too. If she were here, uh, or it's not that she's not here, but if she were able to speak to us now, she would desire us to know God as well as she did. Uh, she prayed daily. Um, more than that, she went to mass daily. Uh, she was just very devout in her relationship with the Lord. And I'm, I'm confident that that's what she would want for us. So that was my experience. It really continued to unfold as I reflected back on it. A lot came, a lot of that clicked right in the, I mean, just a split second uh, in the hearing of that one word of the when. And it really, um, as I deepened my reflection on it, I realized that that's the hunger of the human heart is simply for God. And God allows us to experience that because he desires us to desire it for ourselves as much as he wants it for us. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that, Jim. I mean, it's, 
it's always touching when you can look back and have such a beautiful reflection and such a beautiful recollection of, you know, somebody that's just been tremendously influential in, in your life. I mean, in this particular case, this is your mother, you know, and you know, she is here with us today. Um, probably just sharing, shedding some tears of, of joy, you know, and, and you talk about God coming at you in a prayer and responding back with a question. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a, a, that's an amazing intercession right there. Just the question itself. When, Jim, when, when is this good for you? I mean, we've heard when, Many occasions over, collectively between us, there's a handful and a half of children right. <laughs> running around our houses. I mean, you hear, you know, you you hear of something like this in the ordinary life every day, right? You know, for sure. Daughter, it's time to clean your room. It's time to do the chores. Son, I need some help. Well, you know, right? Uh, I'm in the middle I'm, of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when? When's a good time for you? That's it. And that's the, I think uh, what you mentioned is there's a lot of consolation in knowing that her presence is with us. Um, And really we, the. the, Well, when it comes to the extraordinary revelation here, because I do want to talk about the revelation itself that is a result of this prayer, this time of prayer, a time when, you know, you are struggling you know, I, I want to mention this too because you're at this point in time the director of faith formation. So, like the foundation of your faith is strong, right? Well, you're under. Well, <laughs> no, it was. It really was. I, you can find a weaker example, I'm sure. But <laughs> well, and that, I think that is part of it. Actually, I think it's. I would even counsel this to people: is that it was right. I could. It's understandable. Let's put it this way: to be angry with God. In a sense, that's a reflection of the faith that I knew God could do something about it. And yeah. if you don't have that faith, if you don't believe that God is capable of even the miraculous, and that's uh, precisely what I was asking for, knowing that God is capable of the miraculous. And without that faith, you don't take the step of requesting, even. You don't have hope. There's no anger. There's no, it's not the same. Um, there is a, you, you have to work through it. You have to recognize you can't just live in that anger that becomes self-destructive, but the initial anger, the initial frustration that this isn't going the way I want. Um, it's not necessarily bad. It's not a bad initial reaction, but it has to be one that you move from and realize that what I'm angry about is that I'm not getting my way. You know, yeah, that's right. really what it comes down to. Yeah, I, for one, I I think of a quote from a book that I that I read that I love, which is "The Purpose Driven Life" by Pastor Rick Warren. Yeah. The first line of the book is, "It's not about you." Right. Right. You know, it's not about you. You know, God's got a purpose with death in every case. In every case of death, He has an intent. Yeah. You know, God is always in control, which goes to your second point. You're never in control. <laughs> right. Right. 
you know, and that's that's extremely difficult for a human being to comprehend. In many instances, is the fact that they are not in control. And when you inject faith into the conversation, you know, that's what God wants. God God wants us to know that he is in control. Yes. And God wants us to have faith in what it is that he is doing. Right. And even in a time where, you know, death in this case, this is the second cancer diagnosis of your mother, the recurrence of That's right. this cancer. So it's a surprise, yes, but the right. first diagnosis, I have to assume, was a greater surprise than the recurrence. Well, and I was like two at the time. Um, so, <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, you know, how fortunate, really, if you consider uh, I'm the youngest of eight, and when I was very young, I don't actually know how old I was, uh, my mom had been diagnosed um, and they they had a surgery and were able to remove, but that extra time, if you consider it in light of that uh, in first occurrence, the extra time was a blessing, you know. And that's I think a more appropriate way to look at it is that you know what, in a different age, she would not have been able to have that surgery. She would not have been able to. I would have never known her. I would have never been influenced by her. Instead, I was blessed with an additional uh, 30 plus years with her. And that's really the, the, the more appropriate, I think, uh, recognition is God's blessing. And maybe it's not in a way that I you know, uh, appreciated until I reflected on, um, on it a little more deeply until I was actually called into the chapel because of my pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah. uh, I, I never thought of that time as a benefit time, a, a bonus time. I always just assumed that my mom should be there. And then in the moments when that time is waning, that's when I come to reflect more deeply on it. And I recognize, first of all, I mean, how many times did I simply take my mom's presence for granted yeah. growing up? Like, I, what child well, doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. And so, but this, um, as I'm, as my, as our time was coming to its close, um, it just helped me recognize how blessed I am. I mean, it, it, it is absolutely true, and what a uh, what a gift. Even even death is. We we've talked about this before. Um, where initially death was the result of sin, but Christ has transformed death. And so Christ tells us, I has not seen, ear has not heard what God has ready for those who love him. This is, this is what I want. Why would I want something else from my mom, whom I love dearly? Why would I want her to be separated from that experience? Instead, we need to flip this upside down where I'm the one longing for that experience as well. I want to be with her. Now, I don't want it to be, you know, at an undue season. I want to give what I can to serve the Lord for as long as I can in whatever capacity I can in this life. But then at the end, I do want to be with her. And I'm confident 
I had great grand, I had, well, I did have great grandparents, but I had, uh, what fantastic grandparents. <laughs> How do you say that? Um, but I'm sure my mom wanted to be with her parents, you know, right. By this time, uh, I, I know it, uh, I'm trying to, I don't remember the timing, but I know at least her sister had passed away. I'm sure she wanted to be with her. My dad had passed away. What better experience than to be again with the one with whom you'd shared 50 plus years, you know? Uh, well, and with faith, with faith, you know, in living as the Father would want us to live, the opportunity to live an eternal life and to be reunited with yeah. your mother is there. I, I want to go back to something that you had mentioned as you were talking about, as you were talking about the the reflection on your prayer with God. And, and one of the things that I, I wrote down here was, you know, just how you mentioned, you know, you're, you're bargaining with God, which there's such great humor in that, that. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, that's, that's a whole nother discussion. But you, you mentioned in this, this bargain with the Lord that, you know, how many more lives could be touched? How many more lives could be impacted if your mom could continue to live. Right. Right. And I got chills when you mentioned that because I have known you and you have been a tremendous influence, inspiration, and impact on on my life, on the many folks that have gone through the RCIA program that you have taught. I, I, I know your wife, your children my wife, my children, God has shined his light through you and has touched so many lives that all of that can be traced back to what your mother provided you from just a foundation of faith. And you can, you can really not see this in the moment, and I'm not saying you. I'm really right. saying this about Anyone who is experiencing death, whether it's a parent, a sibling, a child, a neighbor, a friend, whatever it might be, it is oftentimes impossible to see what God's intent is in the moment of death, especially tragedy. Right, right. But when you do reflect on it, you know, and why this is so extraordinary is not only God's interaction with you and your interaction with God— you know, and really the innocence of you saying, well, look, or the innocence, immaturity, however you want to define it, it's no disrespect to the fact that it's like, well, God, I'm not ready. Right. That's what You know, because I to. believe that my mom, who's my mom, so clearly there's love and emotion. Right. You don't want her to go. None of us, none of us ever want death. Right. You know, um, but it's. I know my mom can bring so much more to your earthly kingdom just by her mere presence. But what's absolutely beautiful in this story, Jim, is her presence right now. Right. Amen. And that's why well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, right. We, we, you know, and we, we certainly recognize that in the letter to Hebrews, uh, the author who's, uh, unknown, um, I think it was a guy named Bill, 
But, you know, I could be wrong. I just, you know, I'm just making that up. Bill. That's my joke. Sure, it's not Steve or <clears throat> Well, I have a Carl brother, Bill, or... so I was giving oh, him a shout go. out. There, there you go. Um, but he says, you know, since we he, he goes through really all of the great leaders of the Old Testament, and he speaks of at the beginning of chapter 12. So he goes through 11. If you get a chance, read Hebrews 11. And he goes through Abraham and, uh, you know, Moses. And I, I can't actually think up off the top of my head who all he Enoch mentions. and Noah. And yeah, there you go. And so... Um, it actually gets to the point at the end of 11 where it's like, look, there's so many stories that I can't list them all here. That's it. And... And at the beginning of 12, the first line of 12, he says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and I've really clung to that. I've always wanted um, to have a, a, an image, have a photo, not a photo, but a painting where you could see like this cloud of witnesses. I can imagine, um, you know, like at the end of my life, you know, certainly the Lord will be there, his mother I pray we'll be there. And and I'd like to see my mom. And so I'd love to have, and my dad, you know, and my aunts and uncles and all these people who have influenced my life. I would love to have a painting of that that was reflective for my family. Just to have that as, you know what, this is what we're heading for. Uh, we're heading for this reunion. And it's a gift. And Christ is waiting for us and anxious for us to have it, we can uh, experience that. Now, as we know, that means that we have to get to heaven. Um, Christ has certainly uh, paid the price for our sins, but nothing impure. In the book of Revelation, Christ tells John, nothing impure can enter into heaven. And so what we need to spend our time doing, and this is really one of the deepest reflections that I had after this incident. I would spend time knowing, and my mom had not passed away, but knowing that, you know what? She has fought the good fight. She has run the good race, in the words of St. Paul. And I need to be doing the same. Um, there's a, uh, I don't have it like cute or anything, but uh, there's this, I don't even know when it's from, a 60s song. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned it to you before, called The Last Kiss. And it's it's a it's kind of a I find it funny because it's really this upbeat jazzy tune bum bum ba bum ba bum ba bum. I'm not gonna sing. Yeah, like, okay. don't wait for All me right. to come I was, there because it's uh, not that, happening. That was your cue, man. I don't know. Uh, well, I was. What well, it was off here? key, so <laughs> yeah, that's what. It's it not was. my fault. That's probably true. And he says, uh, he talks about I've got to be. Uh, she's gone to heaven. Speaking of his girlfriend in this case, they were in an auto accident and his girlfriend dies and they have one last kiss and she dies and she's gone to heaven. So I've got to be good so I can see my baby when I leave this world. But there's that sense of it, it's just this juxtaposition of this really upbeat song and this really morbid story. Uh, but the, uh, um, the reality is we do want to live lives that reflect Christ so that when we come to Christ, he welcomes us into heaven. He, he, he says to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, if you're not a servant, you won't be welcomed. That's the whole parable of the, the sheep and the goats. Uh, that uh, It's throughout scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I get drawn into, you know, into Matthew, Matthew seven twenty one. You know, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will I enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but only the one who does the will of my Father, right? who is in heaven. And the only way to do the will of the Father, you know, is to really surrender yes. to the Father. And that goes back to the original bargaining component that you were having with the Lord, where it's like, look, not now. Like, right. I need my mother. There has to like, be a detachment, right? Yeah, let's do this, let's do this on my time. The, the detachment... This is this is just a really interesting discussion when it comes to death because death is clearly inevitable. Yes, and taxes, I'm told, <laughs> and taxes. But you know, the reality of death is it gets viewed so it's always sad. Right, right. I mean, Christ, Jesus cried at the death of Lazarus. Right, right. But you think about death in terms of okay, is, is this going to be sad? Is this sad because this is a tragedy? You know, we, we can define the fact that it's going to be sad because we're going to miss them, right? Because we're, we're just going to miss their sheer physical presence and the, the physical love or what, what have you. But is this a tragedy or is this, you know, is this, is this a celebration? Because in all reality... You know, it's like when a baby is born and they enter into their earthly presence. Right. It's a celebration. Right. And that's, there is a similarity. But a a death is, is really, and it's difficult, obviously, but when you have faith and when you are a believer and you have an understanding that if I walk as the Lord would want me to walk on this earth, then I will be given the gift of eternal life. And a death should be celebrated as a birthday into heaven. And it's just, if you do not have faith, if you are not walking in the footsteps of the Lord, you just may not understand that. And that's why for for so many people, you know, death is the end. Right. Well, and it's a both and, right? I mean, it's there is a tragedy to it. I mean, it's death was not death came about because of sin, and so it was not part of the original plan. But Christ has conquered death, and so we can celebrate that. So it's uh, just like most things in Christianity, almost everything in Christianity. There's a both andness to it. Uh, Jesus is both God and man. We are uh, both body and spirit. Death is both, it's a tragedy and it's a joy. I mean, it's it, it really encapsulates, it's part of the mystery of, of being human. And, and we don't get to know the timing. Yes, that's right. So it really does press the urgency to live now. Exactly. I mean, we have to begin to lead our lives and live our lives, you know, for, for God's purpose. You know, and we really do have to have this urgency of now. It's easy to talk about urgency and it's pretty easy to understand urgency. It's, we all have urgency, just look at your phone. The uh it's the uh um urgent but not important, right? Are those the 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 four boxes? I don't know, but if your phone dings, it is like the most important thing going on in your world. Exactly. Right now. <laughs> Sadly it, enough. You know, it's a tremendous distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Quite often. Yeah, there's plenty of urgency. Um, all right, well, do we want to take a break here? Yeah, we can. Okay, let's do that. 
Hey, it's Jim again. You know, I'm the kind of guy that when he finds something really worthwhile, likes to tell people about it. So I wanted just a minute here to tell you about a line of Christ-centered clothing called God's Brand. I personally have several God's Brand items, pullovers, button-downs, a really nice quarter-zip fleece. They're stylish, and they help me represent my faith in everyday life. When you get a chance, check out godsbrand.com. They have all sorts of styles for almost any occasion. Again, they're at godsbrand, all one word, dot com. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're back. We're back. So um, I I wanted to share uh, really one last thing. And it was in the time afterward that um, it's it's one thing to reflect and to say, okay, you know what I uh, I want what God wants. I want to have my mom experience the joys of heaven, and I'm ready to let go of that. It's one thing to say that in your head, but then to get it into your heart takes a lot of prayer. It takes mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, it did not happen immediately. I don't want to su- uh, suggest that it that it did, or uh, for that matter. I mean, there are still times when you when you just think, "Oh man, I miss her." You know. Well, it's always going to pop in and out of your out of your heart, out of your does. mind. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, but in that time of prayer, immediately following this experience, uh, there was a um, recognition that I needed to detach from having things the way that they were right then. You know, I needed to let go of getting my life. I had this image of my life. I had my wife and kids and my mom. And now, sadly, my dad had already passed away. But I still visited with my mom and, and the kids. And, um, you know, that's that's how things were. That's how I wanted them to stay and I had to let go of that. I had to reach a place in my heart where I could just detach from that. And I think that's where, really, Christ was calling me to in that moment when he asked me when. Yeah, detachments, detachments, detachment comes in and out of our life in many different times, many yeah. different moments. Whether you know, you're a kid leaving to school. I, mean, I think about when my kids were, were headed to kindergarten for the first time. You know, and my wife having to, in essence, detach oh, from that moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, but this is, you're going to pick your kids up at 3.05. Right. It's a, it's an abbreviated version. Yeah. Right. Nevertheless, an emotional one. Yes, for sure. But and this is a big step. This This description of detachment, this moment of detachment is huge when it comes to the maturation process of faith. That's a really well said. Uh and it, it was a long time coming. Like there were steps before this, uh, you know, mom already couldn't, there were things she couldn't do. Uh, she was living with my sister. She was, uh, she didn't have the freedom that she had had before. Like there were smaller steps in this journey, but even within life, there were moments where I had to trust God. I, I used to be in engineering and honestly, you make more money doing engineering than you do. Uh, working at a parish. I I hate to break that to all the theology majors out there, but that's the <laughs> truth. The um, and so there was a certain detachment of lifestyle that had to go on. Um, there was, 
so throughout life, God continually calls us to detachment. Um, it really reminds it reminds me of uh, the rich young man that Christ encounters. Uh, I like the telling in Mark's gospel, where the man comes to him and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus goes through the commandments in the story, and uh, and the young man says, well, I've done that. Like, I've done that. So he's thinking, you know. What's next? Yeah, what else I'm, you got? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Like, is that all I need to do? And Christ, um, I love the way it's phrased, it, especially in Mark's gospel. He says, he looked at him with love. He loved him, and he said, go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and follow me. Okay, hold on a second. We've talked before about Moses's walk back to the village. Yeah. And we've talked about what had to have been going through Moses's head. But what is going through your head when the Lord says to you, here's the deal, I love you a ton, now go get rid of everything. Right, right. Like, well, it, can you imagine what's going through your head as well as what you want to go and say to Jesus? Because this is a bargaining moment as well, because you really do want to say, okay, I understand what you're saying there, but what else you got? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's, I don't know if that works for me. Let's see what's behind door number two. Yeah, it's the uh, that moment of, and, and it says that he had a lot of stuff, and so he walked away sad. Now, I'd love to believe, I, and I really do. I, I imagine I've prayed with that at some point the young man comes back, that he does it, and then he realizes how much better his life is. Um. It, it doesn't share that story with us, and so we don't really know what happens to this to this guy. But uh, well, and think of where you are today, as we're as we are here reflecting on the death of your mother. Yeah. Okay. And you want to believe, or you hear it's cliche that you know time heals all wounds, which I don't know if that's I don't prescribe, prescribe, subscribe. I don't subscribe to that. Prescribe to that. I don't know. I don't know either. You don't scribe to it. I don't scribe to it, no. Whatever, whatever prefix you want to use. Whatever prefix, Jim. The reality is, is you have detached, you have detached the negative emotion, the negative connotation of your mother's death over time. And now you're to the point where there's, there, there may be some, some hurt or some sadness, but you bring joy when you tell this story now. That- that's true. And you detached from the negative association of death. Right. To the point where you've really transformed it into joy as Jesus transformed, you know, death from from tragedy to a real positive. That's that's it exactly. And that was really the key to finding peace, uh, to finding consolation was reaching the point of uh, not imposing, not requiring my will, but allowing God's will to be done. And when you finally reach peace with that, that I let go of having it the way I want it, when you finally let go of that, uh, it's like a it's like a weight is lifted. It's it's really like uh, you can begin to live again, and you recognize the beauty of the gift. Uh, first of all, the gift that you had in the light, you know, at the times you appreciate that all the more, but even the gift that you have now that, you know what, 
as we began, as we as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. We do have this, I can turn to my mom and I can speak to her and I can lay out my burdens and, and she is even closer to Christ now than at any time while she was with us. And so uh, that's a reality and that is a great source of consolation, but also letting go of requiring that it be my way. Ultimately, what I want is for God's will to be done. And, and, and there's just a joy and a peace in that when you finally reach it. Yeah, the full surrender. That's the right. The full surrender to the Lord and walking with your eyes open and with clarity like never before, you'll find true peace and you'll find your pathway ultimately to heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blazing Bush Podcast. Be sure and check out our website at blazingbush.com, as well as follow and like Blazing Bush on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, God bless.